Welcome back to the Wildcat Weekly Recap, the new Daily Wildcat News Podcast. I'm your host and assistant news science editor, Maggie Rockwell. This show looks to highlight any University of Arizona news you may have missed or need recapped over the last week. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021, and we are back after our Daily Wildcat spring break that we took last week, but we are once again going to start off with the virtual university status update coming from our reporter Christian Barniak. So beginning March 29th, the university will transition into phase three of re-entry. As a reminder, we are in phase two right now, which allows classes of 50 or fewer students to be in person. So this will increase that to classes of 100 or fewer students designated as in-person or flex in-person to meet for in-person instruction. From March 4th to March 13th, the UA administered 13,084 COVID-19 tests, which resulted in 25 positives, which was a positivity rate of 0.2%. So very good. The COVID-19 rate of transmission rose last week to 0.75 in the university zip code area, up from 0.61 the previous week. Task Force Director Dr. Richard Carmoda did not seem concerned about the minor increase, but noted that the transmission rate is much better than it was compared to the spikes that the area experienced over the summer. The Campus Area Response Team, or CART, was deployed to seven incidents of large gatherings last week, down from 11 the previous week and one of these was a gathering of 100 or more individuals. Moving on to vaccines, the UA has now administered 64,000 doses of the COVID-19 vaccine, over 15,000 doses from March 8th to March 14th. Robbins noted that 19% of individuals vaccinated at the UA pod self-identify as Hispanic or Latinx. Robbins reminded members of the university community that those who are vaccinated are exempt from weekly diagnostic testing, and you can read more about this at dailywildcat.com as always. So in relation to that, we have an article that came from actually our copy editor, JT Thorpe, on the UA Vax site needing more support or continued support. So due to the University of Arizona becoming a high-capacity state vaccination site, the two on-campus clinics now operate from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily with the hope of eventually operating 24-7. According to UA's COVID-19 vaccination task force, the site relies heavily on volunteers. Even though over 4,000 volunteers are registered already, the clinics will need a steady stream of volunteers for the next several months going into the summer. As stated on the College of Public Health's volunteer webpage, volunteers also have a chance to be vaccinated themselves, and many have already. When the clinics are hopefully running 24-7, volunteer shifts are expected to be less during the night, So, but there will still be people that need to help out. So they are still looking for volunteers, and you can pick out shifts that work with your schedule when you sign up. And the sign-up process is very easy. Non-medical volunteer jobs are easy to do, and they don't take more than about five minutes to learn. And more non-medical volunteers are needed than medical. And you can read more at dailywildcat.com. The next article comes from one of our reporters, Ian Tisdale, who wrote about the GameStop incident that occurred back in January. And this article is actually really, really good. It was one of my favorites that we've published this semester. It's pretty long, but it's super in-depth, so I'm just going to 
touch on a couple of the topics he talked about. So if you hadn't heard, on December 31st, one share of GameStop's stock, God, that's hard to say, cost only $18.84. And on January 28th, 2021, one month later, one share of GameStop stock reached a high of $483. And that was a jump of nearly 2,500%. But how did this happen? And how did one dying video game company completely turn the stock market upside down? Well, Ian spoke with an expert in market psychology and a senior lecturer in finance at the University of Arizona's Eller College of Management, who talked about the stock market and how it works and how people have figured out that basically you don't need to be a genius or some Ivy League finance person to deal with the stock market. Um, And a lot of people have actually been involved in doing shorts and a short position is when you borrow shares of a company that you don't have you sell them and the idea is that you buy them back at a lower price basically you're selling what you don't have and if you don't sell it all you have to borrow it back so basically what was going on was that um these major head funds these these groups that had enough capital were figuring out that gamestop was going downhill and they basically could short gamestop and make a profit and they basically decided gamestop was in trouble and they wanted to run gamestop out of existence but interestingly enough a small group of investors betting against the market like in 2008 just everyday investors um, decided to do the contrary and bet for GameStop. And it was mostly in large part thanks to a small group of investors who ran a Reddit thread called Wall Street Bets. And thousands decided to basically bet and invest in GameStop. So over the course of one week from January 19th to January 28th, thousands upon thousands of people under the command of this, these Reddit people and Twitter people decided to buy shares of GameStop and drove the price up from around $30 all the way to nearly $500. So according to the expert that Ian talked to, GameStop showed us how detached the world of finance and the stock market is from the real lives of everyday people and everyday business. Business. We have restaurants going out of business, tons of companies going out of business, and yet we have an all-time high in the stock market. And for everyone, the world of finance, economics, and the stock market after GameStop, anything after GameStop is anything but certain. So that was a great article. You can read that at dailywildcat.com. Moving on from that, there is a UA women's organization raising money to honor RBG. And this comes from our reporter, Elvia Verdugo. So this group... I'd actually hadn't heard of, but it's called the UA Women's Studies Advocacy Council, and they began a fundraising campaign pretty soon after Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death on September 18, 2020, to honor her life and legacy with a memorial bench in the plaza. They hope to raise $15,000 for the cause. According to the WOSAC's board president and UA alumna, Mel Blumenthal. The bench will feature Ginsburg quotes, photos, and decorative tiles by Santa Teresa Tile Works, a local women-owned business. According to Lee Spencer, the WOSAC's program coordinator and also an alumni. If WOSAC reaches its fundraising goal of $15,000, the Ginsburg bench could be installed within three months of the end of the fundraiser. Aside from this fundraiser, though, the WOSAC 
WOSAC is the fundraising arm and advocacy arm for the UA's Department of Gender and Women's Studies in the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences, or SBS. It was formed in 1986 and has grown to nearly 200 members and is always looking for new members to help serve as a liaison between the Department of Gender and Women's Studies programs and the local community. UA's student and faculty memberships start at $25, and the organization also hosts various events to raise money and promote the Department of Gender and Women's Studies. So very cool. And that article was actually just recently published, so you can read that at dailywildcat.com. And we will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Welcome, Wildcat fans, to Play Ball, the Daily Wildcat baseball and softball podcast. Join me, Ari Koslow, assistant sports editor, in this new weekly show where we will highlight the Arizona baseball and softball teams, recap the previous series, and look ahead to what's next for each team. We will hear from myself and others on the sports desk at the Daily Wildcat as we report and recap what you need to know this season. It is exciting times for both teams as the official NCAA website has the Wildcat softball team ranked number 3 in the country and the baseball team ranked number 22 in the country so expectations are high for both teams. This will be your first stop for all things Arizona softball and baseball. We will catch all of you on the first episode soon. This podcast is a Daily Wildcat production. Daily Wildcat, online all the time at dailywildcat.com. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you stream podcasts. Subscribe, rate, comment, and share. That was a word from our sponsor. If you are interested in working for the Daily Wildcat and are a University of Arizona student, visit dailywildcat.com slash apply now. Interested in getting the news right in your inbox? Sign up for one of our weekly newsletters at dailywildcat.com slash newsletter sign up. Lastly, this week we have a quick police speed update. So this is from the week of March 1st through the 7th, and it was a pretty slow week for police speed, but my highlight of the week is who I am naming the Milk Bandit. So according to a police report, a man came into the Einsteins in the Union at 6.50 a.m., which is 10 minutes before it opened, and he was also unmasked. The worker at Einstein's informed the man of this and also gave him a mask, which he refused to put on. Even though they were not open yet and they clearly did not want to help him, he decided that he needed a coffee. He really wanted a coffee and they were like, okay, whatever. So he went to go buy this coffee and his card declined twice and they were like, well, you can't pay with cash because we're not accepting cash payments because of COVID-19 reasons, right? So at this point, he becomes aggressive according to the workers and he was pushing around the checkout kiosk and he basically was scaring them. So he still was continuing to refuse to wear a mask and was asked to leave, but he was very insistent that he needed to make a purchase and they were like, no, and they refused. So this is when he decided to grab a carton of milk that was $1.89 and basically skedaddle. He was out of there. So, but due to a description, he was later found at the vaccination point of distribution on Parkin University, and he was trying to go through some bins and stuff, and he matched the description, um, and he was found with no Arizona IDs that were valid and a Mexico identification, and it was found through this that he had passed incidences of trespassing, and he was issued an exclusionary order. 
Einstein's chose to not pursue legal action, but they did want this exclusionary order issued. Unfortunately, the carton of milk was never recovered, though. That is all we have for you this week. Stay safe and mask up, Wildcats. This has been the Wildcat Weekly Recap. If you like what you hear, subscribe, comment, rate, and share. Thank you to everyone who helped put this show together, including myself, the host, Maggie Rockwell, news editor, Priya Jandu, managing editor and producer, Pascal Albright, multimedia reporter, Megan Ewig, editor-in-chief, Sam Burdett, the Daily Wildcat, online all the time at dailywildcat.com, and you, of course, our listeners. For story tips, email story ideas at dailywildcat.com. And this has been your Wildcat Weekly Recap.